If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Well, it's a big show. Welcome to the Fade Route. It's a big show With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and we have a great show planned for you. We have a foot ball filled show for you we have a baseball packed show for you and we're debuting a brand new award but we'll get to that later for now let's start with That's right. Another one. Another one. Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers and Josh Hader combined for the 10th no-hitter of the season. I'd be remiss if we failed to mention Tyler Gilbert, who made who pitched a no-hitter a month ago for the Diamondbacks in his first career start, but can you blame us? It's the Diamondbacks. But Corbin Burns, eight shutout innings, almost went for the perfecto against the Indians, and then Hader cleaned it up. And that makes three, boys and girls. They cannot become the Guardians fast enough for Cleveland fans. And I know that Major League Baseball recently was in the lab, kind of milling about trying to figure out ways to have their own sticky stuff to kind of mitigate the usage of spider tack. But with 10 no hitters and yes, 10 Madison Bumgarner's was a no hitter. I don't want to hear it. Notable achievement because it was only in a seven inning game. They were only playing until seven innings. That's it. That's all. So I don't want to hear anything from you, Rob Manfred. What can they possibly do to minimize the amount of no hitters next year? Or is this just an aberration? And do we think that the lack of spider tack may be a change in uh, approach at the plate or just just a little bit of dumb luck? Like, is that going to be what changes the course of pitching in Major League Baseball. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes, flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. 
What's up, D? How's it going, man? Hey, well, I think now they can really just stop complaining, right? I mean, pitchers are still getting it done, even though they've taken stuff out of the game. It's time for hitters to take a different approach, right? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that's probably the way to go. And I hit my number. And I hit my number. The floor is yours. Go ahead and crow. And Vlad Guerrero is leading the league in home runs. Like I said that too. I'm just nailing everything. Everything, everything. Got to listen to the show. We know our stuff. Uh, Yeah, um, I'm not surprised though. I mean, like I said, I talked about it four months ago. It was just headed in this direction. There's... If, if a pitcher is dealing and you don't change your approach, if you don't change your course, if you're going to still go with the uppercut swing, hit into ships, and not make any adjustments, this will be the effect. Because if, if a pitcher gets in his groove, he's going to cruise, and then you bring in a guy like Josh Hader, forget about it. Forget about it. If you haven't hit the first six innings, you're definitely not hitting the, the last two. And that's, that's baseball. You know, everybody looks at basketball as almost a rhythm sport, right? People go on runs. Stuff like that happens in baseball, too. The hardest thing to do in professional sports is to hit a baseball. And you got too many people taking it for granted. Taking out a small ball, hitting it where you want to hit it instead of where you're supposed to hit it where they ain't. I've seen... Uh, McNeil on the Mets drag bunts all day long if they want to shift on him. So it's time for you know they 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 help the hitters out by eliminating the foreign substances to a degree where it's almost uncomfortable. I don't want to see them say you know teams can't shift. Ah, and that's where that's where we're going. That's where wanna, we're going. Yeah, I don't want to see that. And, but it, it's you're right. It sounds like that's where they're going to go next. Because how are we going to get these guys to stop doing this? You know, I mean, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I like baseball. I think baseball is a great sport. If a if a guy wants to dead pull it, and you know, when there's eight guys on the right side of the infield, go for it, dude. Uh, I mean, you have Joey Gallo, who is one of the biggest anomalies in baseball, right? I'm, I'm I might be wrong here. But I'm pretty sure, like, he leads the league in strikeouts and walks. I'm pretty sure uh-huh. he leads the league in strikeouts and walks. And he also has 33 home runs. And he's batting a little over 200, I want to give him. Uh, about and, 202, something like that, yeah. Yeah. But guess what? He, people need him on their team. True. He's not going to stop what he's doing because he's signing a contract. He got traded over to the Yankees. If he doesn't stay with the Yankees, he's gonna somebody's gonna give that guy money. That's where we are. Yeah, exactly. And then if you want to look on the other side of the coin, there, uh, look no further than Queens. Javi Baez, he ha- he's leading the National League in strikeouts, so he definitely does his changes approach for anybody. But no. what did we do? What what have we learned? What have we processed in sports? In order to proliferate offense, what do leagues do? They legislate against defense. Look no further than the NFL. So I know exactly where this is going. We know where this is going. It's only a matter of time before the shift is banned. But, I mean, personally, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind them changing the rules. So you can't have, like, in short in softball, you have that rover 
out in short right field. Like, that drives me fucking crazy. I'm sorry. A single should be a freaking single at some point. It doesn't bother me. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting you bring up football. I saw Tom Brady doing an interview recently. I'm not sure when the interview took place, but he was actually coming to the defense of defense saying he thinks it's terrible, the rules they put in play, saying mm-hmm. you can't hit the quarterback. One of those no. things has allowed me to play until I'm 44. You've, you've initially taken away hits over the middle because you're not letting defenders punish players for putting for putting be put in a bad spot. And he was trying to say, like, early in his career when he would play the Baltimore Ravens, they didn't throw in the middle of the field because he didn't want his wide receivers to get destroyed by Ray Lewis. He's like, we didn't throw in the middle of the field because I'm not going to do that to my receiver. And he's like, I just think it's wrong that the NFL legislates against defense and helps a quarterback out for making the wrong read or throwing the ball where he shouldn't. That's not fair. How is that fair at all? And he makes a very makes a very valid point there. No, it's completely unfair. You at, at some point you need to pay for what you do if it's negative. There needs to be consequences. Usually that would either be a guy getting blown up or tip ball, pick, something to that regard. But now also with the the changes in where you can hit the strike zones, the the hit on the defenseless receiver penalties. It's really been legislated in order to give as many free yards as possible. It well, really taken, has been. You've taken football out of it because now that player needs to think about it before mm-hmm. he actually does it. And we're well, going to talk. I, st- I can't tell yeah. you what a football move is. Like, can you tell yeah. me what a football move is? What does it no. mean? Can you, no. you can, can you define survive the ground? No. Like, I can't I don't know what the, I don't know what these words mean. I don't know no. what they mean. It's time for the fade in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. But here's was- what I do know. Yeah. Here's what I do know. That the New Orleans Saints whooped the Green Bay Packers 38-3 on Sunday. Jameis Winston had a game for the ages. Five TDs, 148 yards. Rodgers, not great. 133 and two picks. Coach LaFleur said it was an embarrassment. Aaron Rodgers with his new do said it's just one game. Where do you lie? Where, where do you see? What do you well, see? This, this is what happens when you don't show up for OTAs and you don't take practice seriously. It's a, you know, I mean, we talked about this over the summertime. What did you expect? Jameis Winston and company have been in camp, OTAs, dialing up plays, working together, rhythm, timing. They were ready for Sunday. These guys are arguing about free agents that didn't get that he didn't get a choice to bring in the free agent he wanted. I'm not gonna come. I'm gonna go play golf with Tom Brady. Tom Brady went to play golf after he was practicing with his team for four weeks. But it all depends on what happens the next time they play a real football team. And 
as you can see how I crafted my word. This is the next time they play a real football team. Not this weekend. Not this weekend when they play the Lions. <laughs> not Monday when they play the. Not Monday night when they play the Lions. How did the How did the Detroit Lions get a Monday night game? I don't know. Or uh, actually, I, Sunday I think night game. Were... It's a Sunday night game. I think it's Sunday. No, night. it's the Monday night. It's the oh, Monday night game. It's You're the right. Monday night game. Here you go. So yeah. it depends. So if they compete at a high level in the next time they play a real football team, then you chalk it up to this was just one game. But if they give up five touchdown passes and they don't score any touchdowns, then their whole season will be embarrassment. I believe. I mean, I believe. If Tom, Jameis, Kyler, Lamar, Jalen, if they were taking days off, they would have been in the same situation as the, the Packers were this weekend. But they didn't, and that's why most of those guys won or were in position to win. Well, let's, juxt- let's juxtapose the two teams that were the poster children for not playing their guys in the preseason, right? We got the Packers, who got their doors blown off. And the Rams, who blew the doors off the Bears. So there is, I mean, there's definitely. Careful, there's definitely careful, careful. Care, there's a little bit of acrimony. There's a little bit of a comparison there. But well, careful, you you're, this, you're, you're comparing it. Uh, we're talking about a real football team coached by real coaches. You mentioned the Bears. That's a, no, that's a different <laughs> segment, dude. That's a, that's a different segment, man. <laughs> So I'm talking about people that are actually competing for a championship, people that are trying to win. So you got like, you know, you saying Andrew Dalton's not trying to win. Andrew Uh, Dalton's fighting for his life out there, man. We'll we'll talk about it a little later. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his coach is doing. I don't know what his coach is doing. That offense that they're running there. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, what, I, don't, I don't know what. The, I don't know what they're doing there. Because at one point, Andy Dalton only had four incomplete passes, and they were down by like over ten points. Yeah, he but was twenty. Be, yeah. He was twenty-seven for thirty-eight for two hundred and six yards, and no touchdowns. Like what? Where's the offense? Go ahead. It's talking. true. Well, I mean. Uh, y- Comparatively, like the the Packers definitely laid a five finger stinker. So, and it's all I would say it's a team loss. It's not on one guy. Even though Aaron Rodgers did play the drizzling shits, he had a QBR thirteen point four, but AJ Dillon only had four carries for nineteen yards. Aaron Jones five for nine. Your leading receiver was Devontae Adams, as expected, but five for fifty six. Like there was nothing all your there. Fault. This is nothing there. You pick that's them. not true. I, I picked <laughs> them to win. Yeah, yeah, I picked them to finish last. Last, yes, you're right. That's me. I'm the Maloika. You're 100% right on that. But yeah, there's absolutely there's nothing here. If you look at the stats, there's absolutely nothing here. And then you see guys like James Winston's hooking up with Deontay Harris, two Ooh. receptions for seven, exactly two for 72. The immortal Adam Troutman got three receptions. Who? Uh, what else? Exactly. Chris Hogan caught a touchdown. Chris Hogan. He has not been relevant in years. Isn't he, isn't he a lacrosse player? He was a lacrosse player, yes. And next week, Kenny Stills is going to be on this team. I guarantee it because he was just signed to the practice squad. Kenny Stills is going to be on there. He's going to be catching balls. So it's definitely 
it's too early to panic in Green Bay, but it can be both. You can be embarrassed, but still chalk it up to one week at a time. Because guess what? You have no choice. It has to be. You need to have an empty blank slate. Otherwise, you're going to get your doors blown up by the Lions. And we're going to get to the Lions again later because they almost came back against the Niners. So, you know, we're just going to we're going to put a pin in that for a second. And we're going to go to the season opener, which was the Cowboys losing to the Buccaneers, but barely 31-29. Not without controversy at the end, as it appeared that Chris Godwin committed offensive pass interference, was not called, ultimately led to the game-winning field goal. So, is that red meat for the Brady haters, or a win is a win is a win? Stop. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Stop with the no call, okay? That's not P.I., and the Cowboys had plenty of time to stop 44-year-old Tom Brady. If you haven't learned anything in Tom's 20-year career, don't give him the ball back with over a minute left in the game. What are you doing? Go for the first down. Stop. Stop. It's opening night. You're in Tampa. You've been fighting with these guys all day. Do not give this man the ball. He's a bad man. <laughs> Stop. I honestly, honestly, in watching, I watched the whole game. And I saw two mediocre football teams. Dak looked good considering a lack of playing in the preseason and a lack of camp. But we saw Lamb dropping balls. Zeke couldn't get going. Uh, t- Tom... He turned over the 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 the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost the turnover battle four to one, four to one. They gave up four turnovers to Dallas. Dallas still couldn't win. So I wasn't really I really wasn't impressed with either team, and uh, I I I just I think Tampa's Tampa's gonna be tough to beat just because if you're gonna if you don't play them smart they're gonna beat you. Well. To go back to the Godwin non-call, would I have been would I have been up in arms if they called it pass eye? No. Am I up in arms that they didn't call it? No. You still had the opportunity to stop him. You're 100 percent right. You had the opportunity to stop Tom Brady. And you didn't do it. You just didn't do it. Now Demarcus Lawrence has a broken foot. So you're you're compromised even further. But the rushing game was non-existent. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott had 11 carries for 33 yards. It's not anything to be to write home about. Dak had a good game. Like, but we'll call a spade a spade. Dak took what was given to him, and he exploited that secondary. And that, ex- that secondary is right. extremely thin, and it's even thinner now that Sean Murphy Bunting is out. So the problem, the problem is, is. They're not going to win games with Dak throwing 60 times in a game. No, sir. No, sir. Not at all. It's like, yeah, Tampa's got a, you know, Tampa's weak part of their defense is their secondary. But if you're going to go into that game and and the Bucs are like, Zeke is not getting anything. And we're going to contest every throw. And 
if they got to throw it 60 times, let them throw it 60 times. We're going to come out on top. I'm sure no. that wasn't the game plan. But if you look back at that, I mean, if you're Tampa, you're like, yeah, whatever. We made you one-dimensional. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they. well, you would argue, I would argue, maybe some, you know, Blue Star, you know, fanboys would disagree with me. But Ezekiel Elliott has to be the heart of this team. He has to be the heart of the offense. He gets you off Dak's spot. So then Dak can actually do what he does. So another thing that definitely is an issue now is that, yeah, Cooper and Lamb both put up yardage, but they lost Gallup. Like Gallup was definitely moving the chains for them. Eh, he's a good three. He's a decent three. He's not a one. He's not a two. He's a three. But losing that definitely is going to alter how they how they run things in Dallas. They might have found a little bit of something with the combination of Schultz and Jarwin. We'll see what, what happens there. But ultimately, like, you know, it was a couple. It was soft defenses from what I saw. Teams were moving the ball at will. And ultimately, the better team won at the end. That's what I saw. And we'll see what goes, what happens moving forward. But the biggest takeaway of this is definitely that the Bucks are still the Bucks, and if you give them a ball, you give them the ball with the game on the line. They still have number twelve. You don't. That is the bottom line. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB.com Speaking of the bottom line, this is a results-oriented business. And you have three teams that were expected to do big things this year and all kind of had some worrisome situations. So of these three teams, which was the most worrisome to you? The uh, the Bills, the Browns, or the Niners? It's a kind of tough question. You can even throw the Jets in there, but I would say... You can even throw the Ravens in too if we wanted to. Yeah, I'd say the 49ers. They had a 28-point lead. And almost lost to the Lions. Uh, you know, they, they, it came close. Uh, they were actually beat out in the fourth quarter, 16 to 3, and they were beat out in the second half, 23 to 10. So, uh, 49ers are going to have, I think they have the Eagles this week. Uh, that's going to be a tough matchup, especially Eagles coming off smoking the Atlanta Falcons. 
So we're going to find out more about the 49ers this weekend. As a straight-up whooping, for sure. Um, the Steelers, they definitely roared back to beat the Bills. That's definitely something that you need to look at. The run game, they had 117 yards between them. So the Bills were moving the ball there. So it, it's one of those things that but the problem you with just that, got beat. Yeah, but the problem with that is is Josh Allen cannot be your leading rusher and your leading passer. That's the problem. Right. Devin Singletary was the leading rusher. The problem is he didn't have enough. So, you know... You need you need a little bit more balance in your offense. Yeah. Allen can't be the guy for everything. And then, you know, Ben did what he needed to do. And it's not as, as a veteran. Not, yeah. As a veteran, he did what he needed to do to come and take it take it from the Bills. Um, nothing spectacular from these from that performance. You're looking at the Browns, the Browns blew the lead, but you're facing the Chiefs. You're you're facing stout competition. So would it have surprised me if the Browns held on? Absolutely not. Would it have surprised me if the Chiefs roared back like they did? Absolutely not. That was a playoff rematch. Whoever did the schedule this year for week one deserves a raise. That's all I got to say. Because we had a ton of great games this past week. The most worrisome I wouldn't even go with the Niners because I don't have the expectations that most people do for the Niners. Granted, it's the Lions. Like right. the Lions, like opening kickoff, it's garbage time. But you know, to, if you do have any expectations for the Niners, and you if you wanted to hang your hat on something, that is not something to hang your hat on. The Ravens, another one. Multiple turnovers from Lamar Jackson, two lost fumbles, losing to the Raiders in overtime. The Raiders are not a team that we expect to do anything. So even with all the injuries, the Ravens still have enough of a team there. And they brought in Latavius Murray. So granted, he's not sped up on the playbook and he doesn't know. But generally speaking... Like he's a smash mouth runner. Like he fits. He's like a square peg in a square hole. Right? That's perfect. I believe I so, have that as well. You did have that as well. We're just a prognostication machine on this show. Like that's what we do, boys and girls. So like I I I prognosticated those Deshaun Watson rumors all the way back, all the way ago. So listen to us if you want to get in on the skinny. But I'm going to have to say that the Ravens were the most worrisome just because they're not as they're they're not going to be where we need them to be as quickly as possible. The teams are are already there and they lost to better teams with the exception of the Niners who barely eked out against the Lions. So the Ravens scare me in the long term specifically because I had huge aspirations for them but i'm sticking with it and we're gonna go from there latavius murray's going to get more acclimated to the offense they're going to use him more if lamar jackson does not fix the turnover problem we're going to be mentioning him in the same breath as daniel jones that's a problem like ball security is an issue and 
it's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. He carries the ball loosely. I don't care if he won the MVP. I don't care if he has that under his belt. You need to secure the football or your job is not secure. Speaking of insecure, we had a few upsets this weekend. Some that, you know, weren't that much of an upset considering there's like two the two bags of shit theory. But who was your biggest upset of the weekend? Uh, I have, uh, I have two. I think okay. Houston beating Jacksonville to hand Trevor Lawrence his first regular season loss since middle school. I didn't have that. I really thought that they were going to take care of them. And they looked abysmal. I think they only had seven points going into halftime. And another one was Atlanta getting him embarrassed at home to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And just to go back, we were talking about Lamar Jackson. Do you know Jalen Hurts has more 300 yards passing games than Lamar Jackson has? And Jackson has over 30 more starts than him? That's why. That's that's crazy. That's that, is, that is That's a crazy stat right there. I did not uh, know that. Uh, so, Arthur Smith realized he doesn't have Derrick Henry. Ridley dropped passes, and Matt Ryan is definitely contemplating retirement. That's what I took away from that Atlanta Falcons team. I only watched the fourth quarter, and I I was starting to feel bad for Matt Ryan. They couldn't block anybody. They couldn't catch the ball. They're helping him off the turf after every play. It's going to be a long, long season. And then he's got the Bucs this weekend. God, it's going to be a long year for the Atlanta Falcons. It's definitely going to be a long year for the Atlanta Falcons, but at the same time... This is what they signed up for when they bring in a guy like Arthur Smith and then they trade off Julio Jones. So you're banking on Ridley Engage being a good one too. And but, Pitts, right? And, and and Pitts, you didn't take a you didn't take anybody to help your defense. You had plenty of opportunity to do that in the draft in the first round where you can still get high echelon players. And you whiffed. You chose to take Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Kyle Pitts may very well be good, but you didn't need him. That was a luxury. That was a luxury item. And I'm going to keep saying that because the proof is in the pudding right there. You definitely should have addressed, or even the offensive line. You have plenty of opportunities there. Slater was still on the board. You had you had a. A bevy of guys, Vera Tucker, that the Jets took. He was there. Might have been a stretch at where the Falcons were, but he was there. He got embarrassed this weekend, too. He did. But, I mean, the Jets, we're going to get to the Jets. So, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the Jets. Talk about but, COVID. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not again. They still can't shake that. But I'm going to I'm gonna crow a little <laughs> bit about one that... I'm going to crow a little bit about one that I call the Texans 37, 21 straight up embarrassing Trevor Lawrence in his debut, embarrassing urban Meyer in his debut to the point where clay Helton got fired in USC and people are already <laughs> speculating that urban Meyer is going to fake a heart attack and go out to California. So that's uh, you know, that's where they are right now. They're averaging a touchdown a quarter. But if you look at Trevor Lawrence's numbers outside of the three picks, not bad. 332, three touches, 51 times. 
why it, your rookie quarterback making his NFL debut and you decided to throw 51 times. Carlos Hyde only had nine carries for 44. James Robinson, I think, only had 45 yards. Uh, you need to diversify your offense. To go back to what we were saying about the Dallas Cowboys, you need to diversify your offense or you're going to get this kid killed. And this was the Texans. How about like, James Robinson only getting five carries? Uh, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. James Robinson more than proved his worth last year. I, I That's just irresponsible. And I get I get it. It was supposed to be Travis Etienne. It wasn't supposed to be James Robinson. You play with the guys you got. And guess who you got this week? You got the Denver Broncos. You're going to kill Trevor Lawrence. If our, you man do Chris, not. Our, our, our man Chris Manhurt still had a touchdown. Holler. That's right. Spellman's own Chris Manhurts had a touchdown. Big ups to you, man. But to me, like that that's like with all the hype that was surrounding Lawrence and Meyer and how it was such a big deal for you to go out. I mean, it was expected. I mean, I picked him, not gonna toot my own horn like Arn Anderson said, but toot toot. But you know, for you to go out and lay an egg like that, that's just embarrassing. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to teespring.com, type The Fade Store into the search bar, and have access to our sweatshirts, t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, tank tops, and much more on the way. That's teespring.com. Type in The Fade Store at the search bar and show your boys some love. Rep The Fade Route brand only at The Fade Store, only on teespring.com. Speaking of embarrassing, the rookie quarterbacks, we're going to touch on them again. Trevor Lawrence was one of the three quarterbacks that got an L on their record. Zach Wilson also got one as the Jets lost to the Panthers 19 to 14. Mac Jones lost to the Dolphins 17 to 16. Justin Fields and Trey Lance got some burn. They got a couple of they got a couple of snaps in, but not enough to rank. So, who impressed you the most? Who impressed you the least? And who do you want to see more of? Uh, I would say the one that impressed me the most was uh, Zach Wilson because he showed up to practice today. Uh, <laughs> dude was running for his life in the first half. What blocking scheme is Matt LaFleur's little brother teaching that team? What are they practicing in training camp? You mentioned before, the, the guard that they drafted got blowed up. Becton got hurt. He was out, but even when he was in, he wasn't doing anything. The Carolina Panthers defensive line trashed the New York Jets offensive line. Uh, Yeah, so I was impressed that this dude came to work today. Uh, one of the people that I was disappointed in was Trevor Lawrence. But then I see Trevor Lawrence after throwing an interception. He comes off the, the sideline to talk to one of his coaches. And who's the coach? It's it's Brian Schottenheimer. 
now it all makes sense to me. Now I understand. He's like, Coach, back, baby. what was that? What was that play call? I didn't see anybody. I'm seeing ghosts out there. So that explained a lot to me. And the person I actually want to, I'd like to see more of, and we might this weekend, is Justin Fields. I mean, he came in and he ran that, that high school offense of Matt Nagy and scored a touchdown. And uh, you got to think that, you know, I, I think what I think what the Bears are worried about is is Fields doesn't know all the protections, the slides. And I think mm. they're a little nervous about him getting the ball out fast enough and not, not realizing you're not playing for Ohio State. You don't have all day. You really got to get the ball out. So I think they're worried about him getting hurt, but they're not doing Andy Dalton any justice. Like I said, this offense is just awful. At one point in the game, he only had four incomplete passes, and they were down by more than 10. How the hell is that possible? They don't throw the ball further than 10 yards down the field. Most quarterbacks average average in a game four throws of over 10 yards down the field. The Bears had none. None. <coughs> So, that's where I am. All very valid points. Um, Credit to Zach Wilson. He wasn't as bad as we expected him to be. He didn't do anything great. He didn't do anything outstanding. But he definitely held his own. Like, you know, congratulations. You, You held your own. When your expectations are, like, below the ground... But anything is a positive. So kudos to you. Trevor Lawrence, definitely. I mean, the numbers are there outside of the picks. Got to turn. You got to clean up the the ball security. You got to clean up your interceptions. But after week one, you cannot have three, three touchdowns, three picks. That's just inexcusable. And as far as efficiency goes, Mac Jones, you're looking at 29 and 39, 281 and a touch. Like, he came in. That's the most professional-looking line of of them all. Like you would think, like if you just took that line and didn't put, you know, Mac Jones's name or put his picture there, you know, does a solid veteran performance, a Jared Goff, if you will. But then, if you will, but you know, to get that out of a rookie and. Clearly, Belichick trusts him because he's having him drop back and throw 39 times. Clearly, Josh McDaniels trusts him with the offense if he's dropping back 39 times. I mean, I would like to see more of Justin Fields. I would like Justin Fields to have a career. So let's definitely ease him in. And he's already more beloved than Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago. So you have that going for you. And Trey Lance is apparently going to be a, a gadget guy until Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt or proves that he's ineffective. But Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't lose when he starts. For the most part, for the most part, Jimmy G does not lose. So you may see Trey Lance as more of a, a subset gadget play guy, which is fine. That actually is really good considering the fact they just lost Raheem Mostert. So they could definitely use something, a little wrinkle in that offense to help them out. Oh, by the way, San Francisco, I know a couple running backs that you can call. They're available, and they'll probably work cheap. I'm just saying, Coach Shanahan, give Mr. Gurley a call. 
if you have any kind of playoff aspirations. Speaking of playoff aspirations, the Washington football team's playoff aspirations might have taken a little bit of a hit this week as Ryan Fitzpatrick, their starting quarterback, is out six to eight weeks with a hip subluxation. I'm not a doctor, but that sounds pretty fucking painful. (laughs) So it sounds like that sounds like it's got to hurt. They're turning to Taylor Heineke over Kyle Allen, and they're turning to Taylor Heineke instead of signing Cam Newton. So can Taylor Heineke keep the WFT afloat? Uh, I think it's time to call Cam. Gotta call Cam. Or call the 49ers about Jimmy G. Don't waste this season. I mean, Taylor Heineke's okay, but he's he's not going to be able to go the whole season and win games for you. People are going to figure him out. Uh, call the Broncos about Drew Locke. Call the Panthers about P.J. Walker. People don't know about P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker is legit, man. So, no, I don't think he's the answer. We're going to see him tomorrow night against the Giants. Daniel Jones. The Giants don't have any answer. (laughs) Giants have uh, Daniel Jones has half of his career wins against the Washington football team. Four of his eight wins have come against them. So, we're going to find out. But, you know, I don't. You know, he's not he's not the guy. So uh, they're going to have to figure it out. He only has 92 career pass attempts. So it's a, to say it's a small sample size is an insult to small sample size. So of what we've seen, he's a 64% completion percentage guy. Not terrible. Not, not lighting the world on fire. What he's real, he really made his bones during that playoff game last year. And that's great. His teammates are already rallying behind him. He already has that locker room won over. So he fought that battle already. Cam, I, I think Cam is done, man. We, we saw it last year. He couldn't push the ball down the field. And you're going to waste Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is one of your more explosive weapons, and he's going to be rendered a decoy. Granted, Logan Thomas's numbers are going to go up, which is great for Logan Thomas, but ultimately, it's got to be a steady dose of Gibson, Thomas, and McLaurin to make that offense go. Now, you you, you mentioned a couple of, of good options as far as exploring trade markets. You mentioned another one before. How long do you wait before you call the Falcons about Matt Ryan? What would your, I mean, what is your record? Three and one, four and one, two and two. Like, when do you call the Falcons and kind of, you know, ask about him, inquire about Matt Ryan? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, that guy's not, he's, he's, he's done though. He's more done than Cam's done. I saw him. Wow. In game. It was, it was hard to watch, dude. It was hard to watch. I mean, he was 21 of 35 for 164 yards. And it's not like they don't got guys there that can catch the ball. They got guys that can catch the ball. Uh, they're going up against the Eagles. Eagles aren't world world killers. Yeah. Uh, uh, at least Cam brings another dynamic that you have to worry about. You got to worry about his ability to run the ball. And sure. he's a big dude. He's a big dude. So... I like I like Cam. I like Drew Locke. Everyone doesn't. 
I like the Drew Lock idea because Denver's clearly moved on from him. So why not call Denver and see what do they want for Drew Lock? Third rounder, fourth rounder, throw it to them. The, whatever. The, pro- the problem with that idea, and Drew Lock is solid. The pro and he'll get his chance to play this year because he's backing up Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy's Teddy good, Br- man. Teddy looks good, but Teddy gets hurt. That's the problem with Teddy. He he will miss time. So Drew Locke will get burned eventually this season. But back to Taylor Heineke, he draws the Giants this week. And the Giant defense, they, as good as they were last year, they were soft. They played so soft against the Denver Broncos. And Teddy Bridgewater just carved them up. You're looking at 264, two touchdowns. It looked like a seven-on-seven drill. And that was disappointing. As a Giant fan, I think it was it was one of the more disappointing performances of the year, of the of his of the past calendar year, not just the season. It's only been one game. But that that defense really improved and really showed a lot. And to regress like that, it's hard to say that Taylor Heineke is not going to have a good game against them. He, he's not walking in off the street. He's going to have a grasp of the offense. The guys believe in him. Uh, he, he's at least going to get a couple weeks to prove what he can do. And, you know, why not? I mean, he's only, I mean, his, uh, his floor is Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think. A few weeks, spark the team, they figure you out. Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick made almost a 20-year career out of that. <laughs> like, the Fitz magic. Like, it's a running gag at this point. Like, everybody knows. Even he knows. So, you know, a little lightning in the bottle, like, it never hurt anybody. And I, I think that Taylor Heineke... I mean, it's going to be fool's gold. He'll probably throw for like 450 against the Giants. So, I mean, we can gather the Spellman Falcons from 2002 and they could probably light up the fucking Giants. So, I mean, give him, give him a shot. Give him a run. See what he can do. I, I think he could probably do it, but he's definitely got the talent. He's definitely got the weapons. Just got to unleash the beast. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls. You heard that music. That means we are ushering in a brand new segment here on the Fade Route with DNZ. And that is the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. We're going to nominate a few options for you, plead our case for them, and then we'll pick ours and we'll let you decide on our Twitter poll at FadeRouteDNZ. First one up, of course, after that putrid performance against the New Orleans Saints, one Mr. Aaron Rodgers. From the Baltimore Ravens, the fumble-filled fiasco that was Lamar Jackson. And last but not least, 
from the New York Yankees catcher, and I'm air quoting catcher as I'm mentioning it, Gary Sanchez, who couldn't figure out how to catch. <laughs> and more to the point, he couldn't figure out how to tag Jonathan VR to the point where Jonathan VR goes down and still scores, even though he was out by 20 feet. I don't know how Gary Sanchez did that, but he managed to take catching and set it back so many years. So I'll cede the floor to you. Who is your inaugural su- alleged superstar of the week? Uh, for me, uh, I actually have two. Um, one, that you didn't, one that you didn't list, but needs to be listed. But first, I'm going to go with Gary Sanchez because, dude, people don't understand. I don't think people who are not in the New York market understand how bad of a catcher this guy is. Like, clearly, he doesn't know how to cover home plate. He doesn't know how to catch. He can't hit. I mean, do this guy a favor and get him out of here. Put him on first base, DH somewhere. Just get out of here. I saw Gio Gio Urshela made a fantastic play to knock the ball down on infield in. This he throws a, a ball to Gary Sanchez. It's a tad offline. Gary decides that he's a first baseman, so he needs to keep his foot on first base and lunges his little arm towards the ball, and the ball goes right by him. He's like, "Dude, you gotta throw it to me. Like, you gotta get off, get off the plate, and go get the ball, and then come back and touch the plate, dude. Come on, man." And. The, my my real number one alleged superstar who's who didn't list is Julio Jones. Ooh. Three catches. Three catches for 29 yards. That sounds like Jacoby Myers numbers, bruh. He also cost his team a 15-yard personal foul penalty when they had it third and one, turned it into third and 16, and I think you know how the Titans they went after that. They brought yes. this dude, they brought this dude in here to be like, take the pressure off AJ Brown, like be a part of a, a championship team. 29 yards? Was that one catch or two? You you caught the ball three times and only got 29 yards? Is this Julio Jones or Julio Terran? Come on, man. <laughs> so that my, my alleged superstars of the week, my inaugural, Julio Jones and your boy, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is definitely worthy of it. Whose nickname is the Kraken, by the way. I don't get that whole thing, but whatever. Uh, he, something's got to get released. Somebody has to get released. So, And it's not the Kraken. Or maybe it is the Kraken, actually. Maybe he'll end up in Seattle. But uh, uh, it's hard not to go with Aaron Rodgers. It really is hard. I could make the case for the timing of Lamar Jackson's fumbles that, and the fact that they were playing the Raiders, but uh, you can't do everything that is documented that Aaron Rodgers has done in this offseason. You can't light the building on fire and then shit the bed. And he... He shit the bed. Like, that was a flaming bag of dog crap. But so, people are coming to Green Bay to play with him. His 15 for 28 for 132 yards and two interceptions. 
Well, you know, they might just want an autograph from Shailene Woodley. Like, maybe that's it. Maybe they just want to hang out with Miles Teller in Cabo. Like, I, I think that's what it is. I think he's the in. Maybe they just want to go on Celebrity Jeopardy. Like, I, I don't know. But, but you cannot deliver that performance after setting it up the way you did. And everybody believing that Angry Rogers was going to be like 500 yards, four touchdowns, and a perfect QB rating. Like you can't, you can't lay as spectacular of an egg like Aaron Rodgers did. But those are our picks. What are your picks? Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in those DMs at faderoutepodcast on IG. Or hit that poll up. It's open for one more night on our Twitter account, FaderoutDNZ. And for our alleged superstars, a little something for you. Do better next week. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Pop Stars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top notch. Westchester Pop Stars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Pop Stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Swipe left or swipe right? All right, boys and girls, we haven't played this one in a while, but it's an oldie but a goodie. We have a statement. If we agree, we're swiping right. If we disagree, we're swiping left. Swipe left or swipe right on the Yankees moving Glaber Torres back to second base. I'm swiping right. Yanks, Yankees move Glaber Torres back to second base. It's about time. This comes as the Yankees lose the wild card spot to Vladji and the Blue Jays. Two weeks ago, we were talking about how great the Yanks were doing, and now they might not even make the wild card. How about Vladji, baby? Uh, yeah, so I'm swiping right. It's about time. Well, the issues have already carried back over because he already made an error at second base. So you're looking at 19 errors this year, cumulative for Mr. Torres. You're looking at, you know, a fielding percentage of 833. Oh, yeah. It's an antiquated statistic. Whatever. Like, the guy 
is just not cutting the mustard in the field and it's translating to the plate as well. You're looking at 446 plate appearances, 397 at bats. He's only hitting 249. His OPS is only 667. He has seven homers, 45 ribbies. You have to swipe right. You have to spark something in this guy. You need to get something from him. He's only 24 years old. He cannot be this bad. Or maybe he's. this is just what he is, and it's time to get him out of town, too. That might be another option as well, but... It, it's a little. It's too little, too late. It's definitely too little, too late because you had the opportunity to address this at the trade deadline, right? You have DJ LeMahieu. He can play third base. Gio Urshela. If you don't want him to be your everyday shortstop, if you want him to be a super utility guy, go get Trevor Story from the Rockies. Like he was there. He was waiting. He was surprised that he didn't get traded. You could have included Torres in that deal or, and have Rochella play second base. Like There are options, but Glaber Torres has not lived up to the hype. And I mean, surprise, surprise, he hasn't lived up to the hype. Most of the Yankees have it this year, but it, it's just too little too late from the organization. And he hasn't given you anything that shows you that there's a turn anytime soon. And I think that is a little bit, a little bit more frightening. The fact that you don't know whether or not like he's going to turn, make it back to where he was and swipe left or swipe right. Number two, the Mariners wild card chances. Oh, I'm definitely swiping left on that. Uh, two games back. I don't like their chances at all. I'd like to see Boston and Toronto get the two spots, but uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be the Yanks in Boston. I'm hesitating because I want it to happen, but it doesn't look good. So I'm going to swipe left as well, even though you got Kansas City coming up. They're not a great team. They're going to have to go through Oakland and the Angels to make this happen. And I don't think the Mariners would be able to do it. I mean, the Angels aren't as bad as we project them to be. As did, we, they, did they shut Trout down? They did, right? At this, he, I, I think they were talking about it, but at this point, it's September. He, he's done. Like And... To, to think that they did what they did, right? And they're very much in contention for the wild card. I think it's only like three and a half games back of that second wild card spot. Wow. And without Trout. So that is to me. But it it may be a little bit of fool's gold too, because the reigning MVP is on his on this this team. Otani's pitching his ass off and he's hitting his ass off. So, you know take that for what it's worth, but those three teams are all in it toward to the end, and they're going to beat each other up, and I don't know if they'll be able to do it. Statistically, it doesn't look good. I mean, the average, the ERA is 4.33 for the Mariners. That's, you know, middle of the pack, 16th in the league. A whip of 1.29, not good. Again, middle of the pack. No quality starts out of Kikuchi, 
or flexing or any of these guys. Uh, history does not look kindly upon them. As a team, they're hitting 224. That's they're they're slugging 382. Like it's smoke and mirrors. It, like the numbers, the, the numbers don't pan out to what we see on the field, and it, it's amazing. It, it definitely is amazing, but at the same time, like it's not sustainable based on what we're seeing. And unfortunately, Seattle, it, we're we're swiping left, and I think it's going to be another year, maybe next year. But you know, maybe Jerry Depoto is not that far off. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. You know it. You love it. It's the option. Week two. How'd you do last week, brother? 12 and four, baby. <sighs> Way better than me. I went eight and eight. Nice job. You're you're ahead. I got a lot of catching up to do. So here we go. Tomorrow night, Thursday night, the Thursday night delight, maybe. The Giants at the Washington football team. Who you got? I'm taking Washington. I think they're due because I believe the Giants have won the let won both meetings last year, and this seems to be the only team that uh, uh, Daniel Jones can beat so i think he's gonna lose this week so i'm taking washington i'm taking washington too hoping that's the kiss of death i'm hoping to goodness that it's the kiss of death but after what i saw on sunday i am not optimistic whatsoever daniel jones wheelie is still a scrub and saquon barkley maybe we'll get more than 10 carries for 26 yards maybe possibly maybe possibly if he plays, well, they're saying he's going to play, but I don't know if he should. I mean, it's looking bad. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. At this point, it's there's no point in risking him. Just let Devontae Booker go out there and prove that he's an every down back and, and just roll with it. Uh, it, is, it. It is getting late early. It is definitely getting late early. Jump into Sunday, 1 p.m. Pats at Jets. Pats against Pats against COVID. I think I'm going to take the Pats. Yeah, that's a pretty safe bet. Yes, the Pats are 0 and 1, but they only lost by one. Bill Bill Belichick against rookie quarterback. Oh, off of yeah, off of a week one loss. Yeah, the Patriots going to go 0 and 2 against the Jets. Highly unlikely. So over under the first quarter. All right, so about halfway through the first quarter, Zach Wilson seeing ghosts. Uh, I don't know if he's even going to get the ball. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to even get the ball. Um, oh, yeah, he's going to be seeing a lot. He's going to be hitting the turf a lot. They're going to be coming after him, I think. And they're only going to need get to rush four because the line's hurt. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He's going to get a text from Sam Darnold after the game. It's like, it happened to me too, man. It <laughs> Me too. Broncos at Jags. Broncos at Jags. Ah, uh, I'm 
taking the Broncos. I like the Broncos this year, man. I like Teddy. I like I like what they got going on. Their defense is solid. We're safe after seeing what the Jags did last week. Yeah, I'm taking Denver. We agree three in a row. Lawrence is going to have a better game, but he's arguably facing a better defense. So this is not – it's not going to end well for Mr. Lawrence. But I think he will clean up the interceptions. But it's one more step for Urban Meyer to go to Pasadena. That's the next – one more step out the door for Urban Meyer. Bills at Dolphins. I'm going to take the Bills, but it, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a good game, but I'm taking the Bills. This is definitely a toss-up game based on what we saw last week from both teams. I'm going to go with the Dolphins because they're at home, and home field in Miami definitely plays a factor. We've seen it with the Patriots in the past, so I think that's going to carry over. Uh, Josh Allen's going to out-duel Tua Tungavailoa and pretty easily since, you know, Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Tua. But they're going to do just enough on defense to stymie Mr. Allen. Niners at Eagles. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Eagles, mainly because the 49ers got to go cross-country to play the game. And uh, they, blew, they blew their huge lead they had on the Lions this past Sunday. I don't know if the Eagles give them that chance. I'm taking the Eagles. This is a weird game. Just, <laughs> I'm throwing it out there, man. This is a weird, weird game. The Niners almost gave it back to the Lions, and the Eagles were never tested. So, honestly, I, I still don't know what the Eagles and Nick Sirianni are because they just beat the Falcons to death. But like, does that mean that they're a good team, or is that the Fal- the Falcons are like vying for the number one pick? Bad. Like, I don't know. So I'm going to take the Niners, and I, I think they'll be fine. They just got to figure something out for uh, Raheem Mostert. They got to replace him, and they got to replace him fast. Rams at Colts. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams um, just because the Colts did not look really good against Seattle, and the Rams have a decent defense, decent offense. Yeah, I got the Rams. We're going with the Rams here, too. We have the Colts were severely beaten downfield by the Seahawks. And the Rams definitely have as good, if not better, an offense. So that one seems like a pretty easy one to me. Raiders at Steelers. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers. I don't really believe in the Raiders at all. I like what I saw last week from the Steelers, but I like the moxie of the Raiders. You know what? I'm going to take the Raiders in an upset. I think Josh Jacobs goes out of his mind. Bengals at Bears. Yeah, I, hope you're right. I hope you're right. He's on my fantasy. He's, <laughs> well, he had a pretty good game the other day. Bengals at Bears. Who we got? I'm going to take the Bengals. They showed some moxie in their game, man. They played hard. I, I like what a Joe B, Jamar Chase didn't drop any balls. I'm taking, I'm taking the Bengals. 
I'm going to take the Bengals too. I got I scared myself off of that pick, and I'm so pissed at myself because I talked myself out of it. And you heard me. We were having the conversation. I made the argument that the Bengals could beat the Vikings, and then I, I just pussed out. So I'm going to go. I'm going to ride with Joe Mixon. He's going to run over the Bears. Bengals win. Texans at Browns. I'm going to take the Browns, but I think the Texans are going to play well. They seem to be playing hard for their coach, which is good. So I'll take the Browns. Odell Beckham probably not going to play again. Shocker. So. Yeah, he's out. Be- he's already out. Yeah. Hey, he's done. Yeah. Like what we said about fantasy. Like, don't you can't count on these guys, man. They don't play. So better off not drafting them. But I'm going to go with the Browns. I think it's going to be a get-right game for them. Hunt and Chubb are going to go go off on the Texans. They'll actually run the ball, unlike the Jaguars. So I think the Browns are going to win pretty handily. NFC South matchup, Saints at Panthers. I'm going to take the Saints, mainly because their defense, their defense looks so good against the Packers. It's, it's hard not to uh, pick them. They just signed uh, Marshawn Lattimore to extension. So, yeah, I'm going to roll with the Saints, too, but it's going to be close. It's definitely I mean, the Panthers defense plays. You know, J.C. Horn got exposed a little bit against the Jets, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. It's going to be closer, but I think the, the Saints are going to prevail. Jameis is not going to throw for five touchdowns over under three touchdowns for Jameis Winston next week, this week. Under. Under three? Yeah. Okay. We're in the four o'clock slate. Vikings at Cardinals. Cards. Big time. Yeah. Vikings are trash. Again. Zimmer's probably going to get fired. Falcons at Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Next. I you going to answer that one. Next. Titans at Seahawks. You know, this is going to be a really good game, and I'm going to take the Seahawks. That's, that spells bad news for the Titans starting on mode, too. I'm going to go with the Seahawks, too. I, I don't like what I see, that there's already infighting. I, I get what Vrabel's trying to do, but I don't know if Julio Jones is that kind of player. I don't know if he responds to that. If he doesn't, it's going to be a very long year in Tennessee. But Seahawks are going 2-0. Cowboys at Chargers. Uh, Cowboys, which is bad for the Chargers because they're going to start off 1-1. Well, one one. But um, uh, Cowboys, I think Cowboys take care of business. I'm going to go with the Chargers. The Demarcus Lawrence injury definitely hurts. And they have skill. They definitely have skill. I'm not sold on Dan Quinn's scheme yet, how they're rotating linebackers. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not there yet with the Cowboys. And frankly, as a Giant fan, I don't want to be there. So Chargers go 2-0. Your Sunday night special, Chiefs at Ravens. This is going to be a good one. Oh, Chiefs. Chiefs, I don't, I don't think there's a defense out there that can stop them right now. 
Chiefs, but not as much of a blowout as you think. I think Lamar is going to have a get-right game, and he's not going to fumble like he did. But still, Chiefs roll. Monday night. On the line. Big time. Let's go. Super NFC Championship possibility here. So, (laughs) So here, Detroit, this is called prime time. I don't know. You haven't seen it in a while, but your Lions are in the prime time, in the spotlight against the Packers. Uh, I think take, we know. I think we yeah. know. Uh, yeah. uh, I, you know, I was tempted to take the Lions. I really was. <laughs> I really was. I really was because I was like, watch Detroit come out and just ball out. Right? I mean, I believe Jared Goff is fifth in passing yards in the league right now. Uh, is that an apparition? I don't know. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Packers. They write the ship. For their sake, it's a Tennessee situation, but in the NFC. For their sake, they better. But I think the Packers are going to. So, that's uh, that's going to be A-OK for Mr. Rogers. All right. This has been the Fade Route with D and Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on the Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.